Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Aisha Iftikhar is an electrical engineer at Tortuga AgTech. She has designed everything from IoT-connected industrial dishwashers to monitor and minimize water and power consumption to battery systems for Ryobi tools to replace gas power. She's currently working on fruit harvesting robots to address the effects of labor shortages and climate change in agriculture. Aisha was born in India and moved to the U.S. to earn her master's degree in electrical engineering. She also loves to combine art and technology to make some really interesting creations, which I hope she'll tell us more about as well. And Aisha is actually with us today as part of our partnership with Reinvented Magazine's Princesses with Power Tools calendar, where she is a featured princess for 2023. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Aisha. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're going to start out by talking a little bit about your journey. You said that you were born in India, but you came to the U.S. Uh, for your engineering degree and your master's degree, actually. Where did you where did you go to school? Yeah, I went to UNC Charlotte, which was quite an experience going to North Carolina from India. It was a very different experience. It was, so you, it was a lot of fun. You spent your whole life in India up until the time you went to Charlotte, North Carolina? Yeah, I was about 20 when I moved. So I, was, I lived in India for 20 years and then decided I want to get a master's degree. They had a program that I was interested in and I, I got scholarships. So um, packed my bags when I moved there. I didn't really think twice. And then I got there for the first night and I was like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So what was life like in India? What, what, type of, um, what type of upbringing did you have? Yeah, I kind of grew up in a small community. Uh, my parents are Muslims, um, so which is a minority in India. Um, being, a, uh, being a woman, like being, uh, doing further education really wasn't encouraged. Um, most of my cousins were like getting married when they're like 18 or 20. So didn't really have role models who were doing this. And then I saw Kalpana Chavla, who was like the first woman to go to space, do that. And I was like, oh, I can do this. I can be more in life. I can go out and be an engineer. And um, I just went down that path. I, I loved physics growing up and I loved math. So I wanted to combine that to do something useful. Um, and I chose to be an electrical engineer. So what you said, did I hear you correctly that you you heard about uh, a, the first woman to go to space from where? Uh, when I was in school, um, I think it was 20, it was in 2000 something when um, I learned about it in school that oh, this woman went to space. She's the oh. first Indian woman to go into space. And India. it clicked in my mind that I can do this too. Yeah, that's amazing. See, that's why it's so important. Uh, and I'm sure that, that you agree with this and that's part, probably part of your mission as well. That's why it's so important to be, to provide role models to young women because yeah, 
I think it was Sally Ride who said, you can't be it if you can't see it. And that's literally exactly what you experienced. <laughs> exactly. It's so important to have that representation because when you see someone who looks like you just have one type of life mm -hmm. and then you see a different side, it just clicks in your brain that you can do more things and life's not limited. Yeah, that's. And I think it also takes a special kind of person to take that kind of courage that you took to just pick up, you know, and change your entire life and go to a whole different country and start um, in this program. So what was the program like for you? How was that? It was really interesting because um, in India, like my engineering degree so far, my bachelor's was more theoretical. Uh, mm -hmm. We didn't have as much of equipment as like the university is here to do more hands-on work. Um, and that's something I've always wanted to do. I wanted to build stuff and that's why I became an engineer. So I was kind of getting tired of the theory. So it was really nice to come here and pick up and just build stuff and have most of my grade based on projects like that I was making. And I think like my biggest shock was like open book exams because that was like, that feels like cheating because we had to memorize all our formulae and everything and then we come here and it's like, oh, you can bring in a sheet with like all your formulae written up and you can open a book. And I was like, it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> you, you mentioned, um, so we were, before we do a show, sometimes we have mm -hmm. our guests fill out, um, you know, write some notes about what they'd like to talk about. You mentioned um, that you, you would like to talk about being on a visa. And I was mm -hmm. just wondering, you know, what what did you want to share about that? Is that, did you have a, a challenge, a specific challenge um, surrounding your visa? Yeah, it's pretty interesting because I came here on a student visa. So first of all, like when you don't have many people who have done that, like you have to kind of figure it out on your own. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to go through a whole interview process. So you have to prove that you're going to go to this country and add value to it. And um, so I got my visa, came here, and there's a lot of restrictions even when you're on a student visa. Like you have to have a minimum number of credit mm. uh, to be on the visa and you have to maintain a grade. So your visa doesn't get taken away. So I was doing more classwork than some of my other classmates. And I mm -hmm. was doing internships because I couldn't just pick up any job. Like I couldn't work at a gas station or anywhere else to support myself. It had to be within my degree so I had to do um, internship that was related to electrical engineering so I basically had a full-time job and uh, was doing classwork so that was really it was a lot but it also helped me learn a lot very quickly well how did you manage um, your time when, if, with all that going on at the same time yeah um I just work around my schedule like uh, I was doing class and then I was working um, about 40 hours, um, well, 20 to 40 hours um, uh, a week. And then mm -hmm. it was all related. So it helped me learn better. And mm -hmm. then like nights, there was no time for fun <laughs> to do anything else uh, when I was a student, so, but that was worth it. And then um, I moved to a work visa and the work visa is with your employer sponsors you, mm -hmm. um, which, which is great, but it also has so many restrictions because you cannot lose your job because once you lose your job, you have to find a new sponsor and you have a very short window to do that. So it, it's very stressful to be working in those conditions. So um, it's it's interesting, but it's also very stressful, like mental health wise to have yeah. that tied in. And how many years was your master's? 
Um, I finished mine in two years um, because I had to meet like the credit that was required. And that's as long as I think the government wants someone to be here. Yeah. And then you get on a work visa. Yeah, that's not so much added pressure. And then so after once you graduated, then you got you went on to work in the engineering Mm -hmm. field and you got your work visa then. Yes. Um, And I've switched jobs since then. And I've always had an employer pick up my visa because it's still a skilled job and people are looking employers are looking for highly skilled people Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's always that extra stress of like when you're interviewing to make sure that they're ready to sponsor you and take on that responsibility and every time they hire someone they have to advertise a job and uh, make sure that the people they are bringing on are the most qualified people and so that they're not taking away those jobs from citizens so it's it's just a very interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, a lot of added pressure. So you went to work. Your first job after you graduated, um, where was that? Yeah, that was uh, at a company called Diversity, and they started off as a chemical engineer, uh, chemical company that makes like dishwasher um, detergents uh, for um, like industrial applications, like for restaurants. And they started pivoting towards adding technology in there. So they wanted to make smart IoT, like internet connected sensors that they wanted to add to their dishwashers. Wait, um, so I, I know what IoT is. Because I, I, I know what that is because um, a few years ago, I kept hearing it and I'm like, I have to figure out what this is. And so I learned about it. But can you, in case some of, someone of our audience doesn't know, can you explain what that is? IoT? Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's just... Um, it's, it's a way of designing your architecture so that like if you have sensors, like for example, you have a temperature sensor um, that you put on, uh, okay, let's take this as an example. If you have a plant that you want to monitor its humidity, uh, you put you stick a humidity sensor on there and then you're recording it and reporting it to the internet mm-hmm. to do different protocols like Wi-Fi or ethernet whatever that might be. And you're just logging the data and you can set up alarms if it's low so you can water your plant if you, if it's yeah. low on moisture. So that's just the architecture for it. And that's the design that we applied for um, these washing machines and dishwasher mm-hmm. machines in restaurants and hotels. So we are monitoring water so that like too much water wasn't getting used or like too much detergent wasn't getting um, mixed in if the water was heating up to the right temperature, so all the um, microbes on the plates were getting killed. So mm-hmm. like the hygiene levels were met. Okay. So we started doing that and it was very interesting because a lot of times it's hard to put electronics in systems that have water. So we had to design mm-hmm. so it was um, waterproof and internet is not really the best thing to get in a metal kitchen. So like right. we had to design around that. And it was a very value-added thing for the restaurants to have to make sure like they were getting the hygiene levels that they wanted and they weren't using too much water and power, which was also great for the environment. Yes. Um, So that was my first job. So IoT stands for Internet of Things and you're applying, you're basically applying technology to these these physical items. And um, yeah. So now you you mentioned, um, well, we talked about in your intro that you've done battery systems for Ryobi tools to replace gas power. Was that also an IoT? Uh, that was an IoT. This was just, um, I went to a company 
called Ryobi that makes power tools uh, mm -hmm. that's you can find in Home Depot. Um, and I worked for just designing battery systems because previously it used to be gas engines and then having motors and we started switching to something called BLDC motors, which is brushless DC motors. And they are more efficient and they're lighter. So that makes like power tools easier to carry and uh, run longer and it's better for the environment again, because it's cleaner power. Um, so I started working towards that. And the interesting part was since I grew up in India, I had never used or seen a lawnmower because we don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like kind of figure out what a lawnmower is and, and the use case for it for people here and design that. So it was challenging, but also gave an interesting perspective for me because like I'd never used it. So to think of like how it can be made to use better for someone who's probably picking it up for the first time. So that was interesting. And, and I noticed I notice a trend in what you're talking in the different things you've been working on. And that is that it's all about, a lot of it is about reducing the environmental impact. Is that right? Yes, that's very important to me. Can you talk about that a little bit? Did, was that just a coincidence or is that something you sought out? Um, so since it was quite challenging for me to become an engineer, I didn't have the support and, and I got to there, I wanted to make sure everything I was doing was for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like I was designing things that was helping the world and not just because we need a new device. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely seeked out um, jobs where I was making a positive impact and I care about the environment. I want to make sure that any product I put out, especially as an electrical engineer, because a lot of consumer electronics get thrown away and there's a lot yeah. of trash that's generated. So it was important for me to not get down that path and make sure like the designs I was making was helping the world and not ending up in a trash can somewhere that can't be recycled. Um, so definitely that was a pattern that that was uh, one of a cause that I was going after. Now, so you do a lot of, so that, that's really like your main purpose in your work that you've been doing with the companies, but you also mm -hmm. do a lot of work on your own. Um, and don't ask me when you do this because <laughs> you seem pretty busy, but you have a lot of projects uh, that you are pursuing really just for yourself and on your own. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what are some of the things that you, give us some examples of what you've been working on. Yeah, um, so I started just building things for fun. And it started off mainly to kind of channel my imposter syndrome towards something positive. <laughs> uh, so when in 2020, when I was still like very early in my career, um, I was struggling with proving that I can do stuff and mm -hmm. like trying to have control over my designs. So I was like, I'm just gonna start building things. And 2020 happened and um, everyone was wearing masks and we were trying mm -hmm. to figure out social distancing. So. I just put LEDs on a cloth mask uh, to make like patterns. So it could be a smile or a frown or a <laughs> angry face. And um, I put an ultrasonic sensor, which is like a sensor that detects distance. So if someone was coming close to me, like my mask would turn into a frown versus if they were stepping <laughs> away, like over six feet, it would oh, turn into a smile. <laughs> I needed that. Why didn't I know about that? <laughs> I just did it for fun and also yeah. like, just to prove to myself that I can build stuff. So that just turned out to be so much fun and I started making more things. Um, I was trying to read books and my partner 
was like, I need to, the light off, but I didn't want to get up and turn off the lights. So I was like, let me just take this paper bookmark and do like origami with it so it folds and have uh-huh. LEDs on it so it like lights up. Uh-huh. So I can just read and buy them, like just flatten out my bookmark and close my book so I don't have to get up and turn off the light and he can sleep and I can read. Um, That's fine. So that was another project. And then ever since that, I've been mostly making pretty PCBs um, what are that you, what I, is uh, just circuit boards, like all the green circuit boards <gasps> that are in devices. My daughter loves that stuff. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna ha- yeah, I'm going to have to tell my daughter about this. Where can, where can people see your designs? Um, I mostly post on Instagram. Okay. Um, What's your Instagram? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's my name. Aisha.ifdakai. Okay. Um, so I wanted to show that these devices aren't intimidating mm-hmm. and started making pretty things out of it. Like for my Cinderella outfit uh, that's on reinvented, I have butterfly shaped PCBs that light up and I made a crown that's also like a piece made out of a circuit board, mm-hmm. um, printed circuit board. Um, so I just started making jewelry mostly uh, and pins that I can put on my clothes to just light up and show uh, when I do workshops especially like to kids um, showing what circuit boards are I like to show them a pretty butterfly versus like this intimidating thing that's inside to explain what that is Um, so it's just more of a hobby to Mm -hmm. just make pretty things and um, I share it in open source format which just means that I don't hide my design I just share everything oh I was gonna ask you do you do you sell any of it I don't sell any of it. Um, I just share the design openly. So anyone can download it, order it, make it their own. And I think that's important mostly for women, um, mm-hmm. adult women who didn't have a chance to learn all these things when they were younger. And they can learn this on their own. And a lot of them incorporate that in their small businesses. Mm-hmm. Like I know people who have been knitting, they add LEDs now to their knitting projects and sell those as a special item which is you unique mean based on your open source plans um based on mine and other people too it's a whole community of engineers who are just sharing designs and oh. like other people can just learn and pick it up alter it and there's no licensing it's just free work so it's just educational and like just supportive and so is that women um, is that women um around the world or is it mostly the u.s It's around the world and it's more than, it's anyone, it's not restricted to women. Mm -hmm. I just think it's been the most beneficial to women who didn't have that taught to them before, but they can still learn it because it's available. That's amazing. And okay, so part of your purpose, you're doing this for your own creative outlet, um, Mm -hmm. but you're also doing it to help other people because you're providing like you're doing this hard work but then you're providing it in an open source format so that others can learn from it which is really cool and that that you know that ties right in to your work with stem outreach for you said both kids and adults and can you tell us a little bit about your work um doing stem outreach yeah um it's it started mainly when i was in india still uh doing my bachelor's degree in engineering and um, I was just, me and my friends were talking and we were like, we're so privileged to still get an education, even though some of us had to fight for it, because mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids in India who still don't even have stationary, like um, basic things to even read and write. 
and we just went out and we're like, oh, what if we make posters and try to get every student to donate one book and a pen and we'll just collect it and distribute it. So we did that and that was, that turned out to be a huge thing because anyone could do that. Mm -hmm. And we ended up distributing it and uh, it was very satisfying. And then we went on to start this student-led organization where we just formed groups and went to like villages around our city to schools and we're just teaching them basic skills uh, that they don't get exposed to like photography or like how to like do something on a computer or just basic engineering builds just to show them that these options are available for them and we did that for a while when I was still in India and then I moved here to the US and I couldn't continue that and I was like trying to find something else to do with my time and I volunteered with HeartMath to do math um, tutoring with the middle school kids and then I've been working with letters to free scientists uh, that writes letters to middle school kids around the US to just talk to them about careers. Mm -hmm. um, and these are mostly kids who don't get this kind of exposure. Yeah. And I've been working with Chick Tech to do intro to electronics and Arduino workshops where we just like learn how to blink LEDs and just introduce it to mostly high school girls and non-binary kids. So it's just been very important for me to make sure like I'm not the last person who gets to do these things. Like more people need to be welcomed in and given the opportunities. That's awesome. And I noticed you're wearing a girls build sweatshirt and we, yeah. we interviewed that we interviewed the girls build organization on our podcast as well. So I think it's, it's wonderful that all of these communities of women are so interconnected and we all are working together toward this very, you know, common mission and there's no competition. It's just all about working together and promoting each other and building each other up. And I love that you're a part of that through your outreach work as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, I wanted to ask you, cause you mentioned that you had been doing it in India and that mm -hmm. must be so different from doing it here in the U S and I, I'm just it wondering, is. did you, uh, what was that reaction like in your communities? Was that welcome? For you to do that in India? It was very welcome. I don't think we had any challenges because we worked with schools, which was easier. So we went to government schools and we'd be like, can we just come in one day and like hold all these workshops? And we did all the work to bring all the supplies that was needed. And all we asked was for time. And a lot of teachers who work there also do it at a very low pay and are doing it because they want to help. Yeah. So they were very excited to have us over and help their kids too. So it was it was really great. And like just watching those kids see like a camera or a computer for the first time and their eyes lighting up was yeah. worth it. I wonder if any of them are still following you and can see your, you know, your career journey on Instagram. I bet they are. I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I kind of got disconnected once I moved here, which I feel really bad about. We're going to have to let that, we're going to have to send them links to the podcast. So they can hear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can hear, for sure. hear about it. Um, well, I know one thing, another thing I wanted to mention, because you've got, you've got a lot of interests and you've got a lot going on, but I think it is so cool how you are into skating. When yeah. I was, back when I was in high school, I thought skating was awesome and I used to try to do it, but there, there weren't a lot of girls doing it back then. Mm -hmm. And I know <laughs> still not as many now, but more. So what, what is that like? Because um, you spend a lot of time in, in the skate park, right? I do. Yeah. Most of my mornings are 
going to, I, I wake up falling on concrete before <laughs> I go to work. So I, I go to work, uh, before I go to work, I stop at a skate park and skate for like 20 minutes or so and then head to work, which is awesome because I get to do difficult things first thing in the morning and I wake up like when I fall. So that works. <laughs> um, but I think it's been very interesting because um, it's very much like engineering, mm-hmm. skating at a skate park because it's mostly men which is not new to me. So yeah. I, I felt like I was very comfortable. I was like, I can still do this. And um, every trick that you learn, it's a new challenge. So which is also like engineering, you learn something, but there's like the next challenge to g- go and learn and figure out and master that. So there's so many things to do in a skate bike. Like you learn to drop in and then you learn to jump stairs, which I've been trying to do now. There are rails, there's just so many things that you can do so you're never bored and you're always challenging yourself which is a great parallel to engineering and both of these things apply physics so like I've been learning physics in a whole new way what that is amazing and you're I mean just describing everything that you've been working on it is a very all male populated field based so obviously you're total badass (laughs) and you're you know you're really putting yourself out there and, and you're not afraid of the challenge um, in fact, it seems like you're really welcoming that challenge. So one of the cool things that I love I love about what you're doing now is that you you're also allowing your feminine or girly girl side, you know, we we all have different aspects to our personality. And one of your aspects to your personality is the girly girl side. Yes. <laughs> because, and I know this because not only do you create beautiful, pretty, as you call it, PCB jewelry and badges and things like that. But um, you chose to be, is it Cinderella for the princesses? Yes. <laughs> princesses with power tools. Okay. So Reinvented Magazine is our partner. Reinvented Magazine, as uh, our audience probably knows this by now, but is a magazine all about promoting STEM fields to girls and women uh, and you know exposing them to things that are just not featured in the mainstream media, news, um, and and progress that's being made and inspirational stories. One of the things that Reinvented Magazine does is they put out every year what's called the Princesses with Power Tools calendar. And it's a calendar that features real life women in STEM, but they're dressed up like princesses. And um, for 2023, you were chosen to be in the calendar. Can you tell us, well, first of all, we said Cinderella. What month is Mm -hmm. it? What month in the calendar? It's March. It's right. Okay. Cause I did order mine, but I haven't received it yet. It will be hanging in my daughter's yes. room all year. <laughs> and she's going to love your PCB. So tell us about, <laughs> tell us about um, what your costume was, how you, why you decided to do Cinderella. Yeah. I went all out on my costume. I was so <laughs> excited about it. Uh, but you're spot on when you said it was because of the feminine side, because I wanted to make sure I have a fluffy gown. I look beautiful. <laughs> I have I have all the sparkly things. So that was one of the reasons. Um, but I also wanted to highlight that Cinderella is all about kindness. Mm. Like the biggest message is have, be kind and have courage, uh, which was very important to me because as an engineer who is working in the field of ethics and sustainability. I feel like kindness is so important uh, to make sure you're making right decisions when you're doing engineering. Um, And then my outreach work, I feel like that takes a lot of kindness. Sharing my work openly in an open source format, that's again, emphasizing on the kindness. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and then I wanted to make pretty things again. So mm -hmm. I made like pretty uh, butterfly PCBs that went on the dress. I lit up my dress with like blue LEDs, which you can see in the picture on the magazine, but I have, a, I have shared it uh, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of LEDs on my dress and I built like a crown that's um, also made of circuit board materials. So in the picture, I'm like soldering a crown together. And I wanted to highlight that Cinderella also in the story, like makes her own gowns. Yeah. Uh, so she's a maker, she's an engineer yeah. already. So I was like, I want to highlight that. I want to integrate that with electricity mainly. And um, I love the fact that Cinderella like kind of takes a chance on herself. Like even when everyone else doesn't value her, she values herself and wants to go to that uh, ball, uh, ball uh, ballroom mm -hmm. uh, to the event to show herself off and like to just be a part of the community when um, no one else was welcoming her. And I feel like as women in STEM, that's so important for us to make sure we give ourselves those opportunities even when like no one else welcomes us. So I thought that was very important to capture as well. Yeah, so that's the that's a great choice for you. And what does your what was the reaction like from your friends and colleagues? They loved it. My uh, work actually ordered a calendar, which I'm like, I don't know if I want my face on the company <laughs> wall, but they got a calendar and um, they shared it on LinkedIn, which was really cool. Um, my niece loves it, although I'm not her favorite princess. <laughs> the insect doctor is her favorite princess because that's what she wants to grow up and be. <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. Um, but everyone loved it. They loved like my dress and like uh, all my PCBs. Everyone wants the butterfly PCBs now. Yeah. To make it for people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And so did your family and friends back in India get a chance to see it? Um, I send them pictures, but I'm actually trying to connect with some of my friends to send them calendars because I want to send them to schools in India too. That's a great uh, idea. And I'm, yeah, because I, I feel like they need to be able to see this too. So I'm trying to send a lot of calendars uh, back home to, to distribute it in India. Awesome. Okay, so Aisha, where can our listeners find you? I know you mentioned your Instagram is your name. Is there Are you on LinkedIn uh -huh. or is there anywhere else you like for people to get in connection with you? Yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. It's my name again, Aisha Sakai. Instagram is where I post most of my skating and maker-related content. Um, but LinkedIn's where you can follow me professionally. Okay, great. And your name, I'm just going to say the spelling of your name in case anyone's listening and wants to look you up. It's Aisha, A-Y-E-S-H-A, Iftikhar, I-F-T-I-Q-U-A-R. Aisha Iftikhar, an electrical engineer and reinvented magazine, Princesses with Power Tools, Princess for the 2023 calendar. Thank you so much for joining us today. Your journey is so colorful and beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm so excited for our audience to be able to share in this. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was awesome. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.